Everyone has a story, and I believe that sharing your story has the power to connect people. I'm a working mom, wife, and seeker, and nothing lights me up and brings me more joy than having meaningful conversations. And one of the things I love to talk about is psychedelics. In December 2021, I experienced my first psychedelic journey with psilocybin. It was one of the most profound events in my life, and it opened me up to a deeper spiritual growth and helped me to heal. And now, talking to those who've experienced the therapeutic magic of psychedelics and hearing about their personal journey has become my passion. Mindful Trip is a safe space to have conversations that demystify and destigmatize the use of plant medicines. Conversations that allow us to have deeper connections with ourselves and others. I hope that sharing these intimate, funny, and inspiring stories helps you find the answers you're looking for. A wise friend said to me, all you can do is follow the threads and see where it takes you. So I hope you'll join me in unraveling the threads, staying open, and trusting the journey. This is Mindful Trip. Mindful Trip content and the views, thoughts, and opinions of the host, guests, and contributors is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional legal advice or medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Consult with the medical provider or mental health care professional about your health-related questions. Mindful Trip does not encourage illegal activity, including but not limited to the illegal sale, purchase, or use of controlled substances. Hi, and thanks for joining. Today, my good friend Amy Pankaneer is back to share her powerful journey with 5-MeO, also known as the God Molecule, and she explains what it means to go from a handshake dose to a hug. Amy Pankaneer is a seasoned storyteller and Denver native who inspires souls with her warmth and wisdom. With over 15 years crafting captivating narratives on television, Amy has ventured into the podcast world as host of Magical Soup a podcast dedicated to exploring conscious living in the modern world. Beyond the mic, Amy curates transformative experiences as the host of Goddess Night at the Bathhouse, a divine fusion of restorative baths and connections with like-minded women. Your support means a lot, so please subscribe, download, and share with friends and family. I'd also love to hear what resonates for you, so send me your comments. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy we're doing this part two of Amy's ongoing psychedelic stories. <laughs> psychedelic journeys. More, more, more is happening. More is happening. Yeah. I know. I can't wait to hear about your latest journeys. Yeah. Um, so Amy is going to be talking about her 5-MEO experience. So before we dive into the actual journey, explain what is 5-MEO. Sure. So 5-MEO is the God molecule. A spirit molecule is kind of what it's been called. It's one of the most fascinating psychedelics that there is. It is considered the most powerful of all psychedelics. And it is because it sort of appeared on the scene about mm -hmm. 20 years ago. It doesn't have an indigenous history like so most of the other plant medicines. It comes from the secretion from the bufo toad. Mm 
Hmm. And the bufo toad only exists in the Sonoran Desert. What's important to note about this particular psychedelic is that the thing that people are saying within the realm of people who are knowledgeable about this is you uh, exploit the chemist, not the toad. And what that means is that the synthetic version of 5-MeO is the proper one to be using. Not just because it's better for the toad, but because it's better for humans. The gift of the blueprint of the molecule is all we need. The toad gave us this beautiful blueprint for this incredible pathway to connecting with source energy. And we can replicate that beautifully in a lab. And it is so potent and so powerful Mm -hmm. that it's actually healthier and safer to do it, to to use lab-based 5-MeO because you can accurately measure it Mm. and you want to be able to accurately measure it because it's that powerful. You're talking about teeny, tiny, tiny amounts. Wow. So what is it? Is it in a liquid form? Is it in a powder form? You mix it into a tea or a beverage? How do you ingest it or how do you use it? It is a powder. Most commonly found in a powder form, you use a pipe to smoke it. And there are some folks out there who are looking at ways to encephalate it, ape. Mm. Um, and usually when you're using 5-MeO in ceremony, you are doing it in sort of a three-step process where you'll do a little bit. It's called like a handshake dose and then a hug, and then you'll do a sort of a rocket ship dose. Oh. The Also, one of the big differences with 5-MeO is that unlike mushrooms or ayahuasca, it's not taking you six hours. It's not a right. six-hour long. You, t- it becomes timeless. Mm. When you've actually done it, Time mm-hmm. is timeless. But in the sort of existence of this world, it can be an hour, maybe. So you're doing it at three different times within that one ceremony. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. And how long does each one last? Each hit of the medicine? Yeah. I would say each journey could take as little as 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and it could take as much as an hour. Mm -hmm. It also sort of depends on how much processing that you want to do. So a lot of times you'll set your intention and then you'll do that first sort of handshake dose and that Mm -hmm. dose sort of awakens your brain to the possibilities of where you're headed and it allows you to feel sort of safe and good about what it is. It's hard to Mm -hmm. not have a little bit of anxiety around taking a psych. It also sort of helps you to understand the energy and the the sense of what this particular spirit molecule is, what ride you're going to go on. Mm. The second dose, which is the hug, can sometimes be a little bit of the more difficult dose because you're sort of teetering back and forth between uh, reality and an altered state. So that one can tend to be like sort of the harder one to do. And then the third dose is you're off and running. You're off into uh, space. Yeah. So are you fully kind of coming out of the first one as you decide that you're going to take the next hit for the second journey? Is it like this ebb and flow or is it that you're kind of still in it as you take like another hit of it and it keeps sustaining you and 
it, it continues to bring you up into that final kind of third level. No, uh, they are, you can drive once you've experienced the ride, other than the ways that it's opened your mind and you're sort of emotionally processing maybe what it is that you experienced, yeah. but you're no longer under an influence of anything. So each wow. one is its own separate journey yeah, experience. Wow. Yeah. So how did you become interested in 5-MEO? Because I know the last time we spoke in your first episode, you had done obviously psilocybin, um, you're a psychonaut, you're really open to experimenting and pushing the boundaries of your spiritual journey and your mind. So how did you hear about 5-MEO? And then what was your first experience like? Well, <laughs> you know, it's so funny because... <laughs> I, men, I tend to jump in the deep end and sometimes <laughs> I don't even know I'm, I'm jumping in the deep end. Yeah. <laughs> but I actually, like that too. Five <laughs> MEO was actually my first real psychedelic experience. Yeah. Which looking back now, I'm like, woo, you really did jump in the deep end. What, big, I, go big or go home, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really was, which is really, really funny to think about. But that was my choice back when my journey towards become my awakening, I had this opportunity that presented itself to me and it was a very intentional ceremony and I mm. hadn't done psychedelics yet. And I certainly had friends who had done them and party situations and recreationally and Burning Man. Um, but I hadn't um, done that yet. And then I had the possibility of 5-MEO as, as my first psychedelic journey. And I said yes to it. Wow. And it, it still remains the most significant spiritual experience of my life that first time. And what was so significant about that first time? Oh, wow. Well, so uh, the first dose that I did allowed me to experience the fractals. Mm -hmm. I think universally, once we journey into psychedelics, we understand that we're all made up of energy and that's yeah. composed of fractals. And so mm -hmm. you get to understand how malleable this reality is that we live in. And so that was always sort of a, a fun one when you understand that, when you get to see that. But my second dose was I got to experience who that one was. I got to experience what it was like to be source energy, unconditionally mm -hmm. loving this entity that is Amy. So I got to feel love, unconditional love for myself and everything that I've ever done and all of the decisions wow. that I've made and how I've existed from the perspective of source energy. Wow. It was so significant. I felt like I needed to mm. integrate that gift yeah. that was given to me fully before I felt like I could go back and seek more knowledge, right? I look to psychedelics because I'm seeking knowledge. And that one was so significant that I was like, how do I embody this? Wow. Um, this gift that I've been given, right? And that's the journey of self-love is right. what it is, you know? Was source energy that was coming through for you, was it a physical presence or was it an energetic, emotional sense that you felt or was it a combination of both? It was energetic. Mm -hmm. It was that knowing. It's that deep understanding. Mm. 
And you know, what's funny is that I, as part of this journey, there was a third one that I was supposed to do. And I did do it at that time. And I blacked out. I don't know, like nothing, nothing came through for me that third Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And I came out of that being like, yep, like I got what I needed. I got this amazing gift. Mm -hmm. And that was enough for me in that particular ride. Mm -hmm. I mean, how were you able to integrate after that? What kind of profound shifts happened for you after that first experience with 5-MEO? I wish I could say that overnight I was different. It was still a process after Mm -hmm. that. And I would say that the choices that I've made for myself in terms of my life, um, who I surround myself with, mm-hmm. what I'm choosing to do. I mean, one of the biggest ones is understanding deeply that when you love yourself, when you can love mm-hmm. yourself and for your full self, <laughs> all of the good, all of the bad, mm-hmm. the judgments that we put on ourselves, yeah. it's so freeing. Mm. Right. It's like this access to this level of freedom. Yeah. And so you get to not care what people think. Yeah. You don't care what people think. You just get to be you. Yeah. And that freedom that comes along with that is it feels like you're really living. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It's like the minute that you make that choice to live as authentically as you possibly can, given yeah. all the pressures and all the obstacles in this 21st century, the people that are attracted to you and want to be in your friendship circle because they're also on that same kind of journey. And then the people who aren't, unfortunately, will start to kind of fall away. The universe is like, I'm removing some of these people and some of these situations because it's just not for your highest good. Yeah. Well, and that's a big part of it is that when you're showing up as this fully realized version of yourself, and I understand I have big energy, that's just who I am. And that can make people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. And I also am going to not dim your light for other people. Understanding who it is that is allowing, that allows me to be me and who it is in reaction to their energy. I'm trying to modulate something. No, no, no. Mm -mm. That's not it. (laughs) And especially for women, we've always been told that we have to somehow manage our feelings and the way that we present ourselves because we want to make sure that everyone feels comfortable. So we are always the ones with that responsibility of regulating everybody, not only ourselves, but also everyone else's responses and their emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And you have such an infectious, positive energy about you, which I love. And I'm sure that probably rubs some people the wrong way because they're probably not in a space where they want that around them because they're going through whatever they're going through, right? Well, I will say that it's even bigger than that because recognizing the fact that culturally who I am has not been cool, Mm -hmm. right? Like being optimistic, having this, I guess, puppy dog energy, like, yay, I love the world. What's been cool is to be cynical and Mm -hmm. standoffish. I'm going to like judge, right? Judgment, cynicism. 
that's been culturally cool. And so I had to really get like, I'm not cool. (laughs) (laughs) It turns out actually when I tried to be cool, it was the worst. (laughs) So that was really freeing. (laughs) And it's like, whose definition is it? Who's really cool and who's not? That's also societal definitions of what you said is acceptable or what's deemed cool. I definitely think you are much more optimistic and positive than I am for sure. I definitely have moments of being cynical and being like, I just got to get off this planet. These humans are really testing me. I got to get off this planet and get back to my home base. (laughs) Yeah. Well, actually you're bringing up a really relevant 5-MEO point, Mm. which is that I fell out of love with life at the Mm. end of last year. And this world is constantly serving us stories that will lower our vibration, give us feelings of disempowerment, of hopelessness, of what's the point? Why are we here? This is all going to shit, right? (laughs) Like, I do not have my head in the sand at all. And at the same time, too, I'm also recognizing how, how, how fundamentally that is in opposition to how I want to be and the world that I want to see and how I want to show up. And so I can constantly be looking at how the world is wrong. That's an easy thing to do. It kind of falls into that. And I see people doing that, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's very easy for that cynicism to come out and look and point to all of the things that are going wrong. But I can't, I can't exist like that. It just doesn't, make life worth living (laughs) truly for me to be in that space. One of the things why 5-MEO is part of my spiritual hygiene practice Mm -hmm. is because it reminds me of that connection to oneness, that connection to source energy, that understanding that reality isn't what we think it is. And so it reminds you that anything is possible. Right. And that if there's anything that's true about the way that we all see what's happening right now on this planet, it is that nothing is impossible. Anything is possible. And it's all energy. And if we're all focused on how everything is wrong and everything is not right, we're contributing that energy to the system. And so I understand like my role here is to just be seeing clearly what's mm-hmm. possible and yeah. heading towards that and not spending my time pointing out what's wrong. Yeah. That spiritual hygiene is so important. Sometimes it falls by the wayside when you get caught up in the day to day as well. I remember this is like at the height of COVID, right? 2020. Yep. And I was watching the news like every morning. First thing was to turn the TV on and have it in the background, kind of on a loop playing. I really absorb energy and it really affects me. And I realized I have to stop doing this to myself. Just doing that one thing actually really helped me just emotionally and mentally to shift to a different perspective. And not that I'm like a Pollyanna where I don't know what's going on in the world, but I'm not inundating my system with it first thing in the morning because energetically, like you said, it, it reverberates in your system. You absorb all this information and then your whole energy shifts and it changes because of it. It is equivalent to eating Twinkies. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Like when you are ingesting content yeah. that is affecting your energy in a negative way, yeah. it is junk food for your soul. Totally. I look at it like it's a kind of an imperative for mm-hmm. all of us, unless you can actually do something about it, which is empowering. But if it's just absorbing all of the wrongness, that's actually not why we're here. We're here to change our own worlds, right? Our biggest impact is directly in the world that we exist in. Mm -hmm. And if we're showing up out in the world that we exist in, positive, hopeful, optimistic, friendly, showing kindness, like that spreads. Yeah. That's contagious. So you you mentioned you started to not feel great at the end of last year or 2023. What was going on with you? Well, a couple things. I was paying attention to what was happening in Israel. Mm. And that was weighing on my soul. It's really hard to understand how we still exist in a world where killing people is justified. And then in addition to that, seeing the way that systems were reacting to that and understanding the power dynamics that were at play. Like my brain was just like, I'm understanding how this world is operating on a whole new level that is not easy for me. It sucks that this is what's happening. And then in addition to that, I was watching social media Mm. and I was being presented with judgment from people like the messages that i was getting on social media is if you're not speaking out about what's happening and you're a spiritual girly like it's your fault Mm. if you're spiritual and you're not speaking out about what's happening and you're not like out there protesting Mm. you're the problem Mm. i was taking that in and was kind of eating me up from the inside because i want so much for the world to be different Right. But I, there's nothing I can do. Right. The things that I can do, which I have done, is not shop at the places that are supporting this. One of the things that it caused me to do, and I'm still struggling with this, but I feel very strongly about it. Like I have a small 401k retirement account from when I, we used to work together. Yeah. And I, I took it out of the stock market. And I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do with it yet. But what I do understand is if I want to live in a place where I'm creating the world, money is energy. And I cannot put my money towards supporting the world that's no longer in alignment with who I am. And so I'm actively looking for places where I can put that money where I will feel good about it. Mm. That's a small thing, right? Right, right. But it's a thing that I can do to feel empowered. (laughs) I need to have that money going towards people, land, regenerative agriculture, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, but it it needs to be in support of the world that I understand is what I want for myself. I really respect that. That makes me also think about what I need to do about some of the stocks that I've held onto for so long and really being very mindful. And what you said about money being energy, it's so true. It is just energy and where it's you focus energy. it and where you put it, right? So is this when you decided last year to also do another 5-MEO journey was when you were just feeling kind of depleted and feeling really sad about what was happening in the world? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was feeling, I guess, a little <laughs> bit hopeless and 
And so what I've understood too is the times that I have actually had alcohol beyond like a drink, the dark cloud that comes over my head the next day mm. is so painful mm. that it's like, I just can't tolerate it anymore. Mm. I can't mm -hmm. live in that space of, it's like that hopelessness. That's like, what's the point? Why are we here? Yeah. It's so painful for me to exist yeah. in that space that now, you know, alcohol is no longer a thing. And then I was recognizing the fact that social media and that paying attention to these things and like having this input was doing the same thing. Yeah. And so when I was looking at the holidays, I was like, how do I even navigate this holiday? Yeah. And I just was like, you know what? Like I need to do New Year's totally differently. Yeah. So I ended up connecting with two girlfriends who were on the same page. And instead of doing New Year's Eve, blah, 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 parties and toasts and whatever, yeah. we spent time in nature. We had a 5-MEO ceremony. We reflected on the year that has been. And then we set our intentions for this coming year. Wow. And the impact of that was like, we're on fire. Let's fucking go. <laughs> like, wow. And like, like, let's recognize the fact that it's not our job to be focused on pointing out all of the things that are wrong with yeah. the world. That is not why we're here. We're here to build worlds. Yeah. We're here to create things that connect people, that light people up, that yeah. spread positive energy. That's why we're here. And I have all of the respect for the people whose job it is to come here and be rabble rousers and mm -hmm. disrupt systems and point yeah. to things that are wrong. I love those people. Yeah. But that's not me. That's not who I am. And we need everyone. We need all yeah. of the people. <laughs> yeah. I feel like until you actually work on yourself, like I always say, it's an inside job. Yes. Until you can heal yourself and do the things necessary so that you feel good about the person that you are, you really can't do much until you do that because it will always circle back to that. It's like anything that you try and bypass, emotional bypass, spiritual bypass, whatever it is, it will always come right back around to you. I just see a lot of people doing that and I understand why because it's hard work. It's hard it is work. uncomfortable you will go through these moments of feeling the depths of your own darkness and your own thoughts. And I totally understand why people don't even want to go there. Yeah. But until you do, you can't really help to heal other people or the world until you heal yourself. I say this all the time. Like I know psychedelics is not for everyone, but there's a part of me where I wish like at least everybody could try psychedelics or plant medicine just once because I really feel like it will shift their perspective in a way and they will get such a bigger sense of their place in this universe and how connected we all are. Yeah. You and I would talk about it because we know we're all connected. We're all energy. But I think for a lot of people, it's esoteric and very woohoo and like mystical to say, oh yeah, sure, we're all connected. And I don't think you really understand that until you actually go through some sort of spiritual awakening or some sort of plant medicine journey. So what happened in this profound New Year's Eve journey that you and your friends experienced? 
And also, can you administer 5-MeO just on your own? Or do you recommend that you find somebody who is experienced in it and can guide you through the process? So yes, you should have a guide. I'm sure that there are people who go on 5-MeO journeys solo, but Mm -hmm. it... having a guide is the way to go and Mm -hmm. your guide unlike some of the other psychedelics again 5-MeO is going to take you on the ride that well they all take you on the ride that you need not the ride that you want right if I were to say this is the guide that you would want for 5-MeO it would Mm -hmm. be that it's someone who energetically you feel safe with you feel like they've got you that they're creating a container and a set and a setting that is relaxing your nervous system so that you are feeling like you can surrender to the medicine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it needs to be a guide who is allowing the medicine to do its work. It's not a place where they are creating an experience for you while it's happening. They're just allowing the medicine to do what the medicine needs to do. One of the things that I learned in this last journey for me is that I need to do a better job of staying up to date with my emotional hygiene Mm. as well. Mm. We're storing emotional responses in our body. And if we're not doing a good job clearing that out, the medicine will clear that out first, Mm. right? And so for me, that first journey that I had over New Year's was really just about clearing. It was a very emotional expressing of all Mm -hmm. of the sadness. I felt like I experienced the sadness of the universe from like a gut soul level. Mm -hmm. And what I took away from that was that I want to do a better job of clearing it out of my body before I go into a ceremony because I want to create space. It, that's an easy thing. I understand yeah. that that's important. I can do that on my own. I don't need the medicine to do it. Mm. I did this time, <laughs> mm. but I know better. And so right. I'll create space for other information to come through. Right. And the medicine's going to clear out that stored emotion first all the time, all day long. And was it strictly the emotional hygiene and clearing out? Or was it also kind of deep insights that you received? Mm. For me, it was both. The emotional clearing out that happened was really powerful. And then it allowed me to be in a space of receiving information while I was out in nature Mm. and I do feel like 5-MeO especially unlocks a pathway that allows information and downloads to come through. And I'll tell you what happened to me that was so wild and like a little bit of a trigger warning in that I had a dream where something sort of terrible and bad happened, but Mm. I'll say up front that it was so peaceful Mm. and so it was the most peaceful thing that happened. So I'll say that initially, but basically I had a dream and I don't dream very often. And when I do, they're very significant, mm-hmm. like specific, short. And this one, I was in an active shooter situation and I, 
I understood that I had been shot like in my mm-hmm. body. And so mm-hmm. the experience that I was having was blackness because my eyes were closed. I was pretending like I was dead or I was on the ground, not moving, yeah. but I was still conscious. Right. And I could sense the shooter was standing above me and I knew they were going to shoot me to make sure I was dead. Mm. And I experienced the bullet enter my brain and then I experienced death. And it was like expanding and joining with the universe. It was this release of expansion. Oh my God. Yeah, it was insane. And the entire time I was in complete peace with what was happening. And this was a dream that you had before you had this 5-MEO journey on New Year's Eve. Yep. Oh my gosh. But the reason I bring it up is because the sense of expansion and oneness that I mm-hmm. had after death was very similar to the way that I felt on a rocket ship dose of 5-MEO. Mm. There was a similarity there. Right. That when I came out of this dream, I was like, whoa, what? Wow. What? What did I just experience? There was like a moment where I was like, did yeah. I stroke? Did I stroke? <laughs> <laughs> but you had no fear of death. Like when no you were in the death. dream, even though you knew you were going to die, you had no fear of it. Yeah. So did any of that come through when you were in the 5-MEO journey? It, it didn't. What it did was it reminded me not to fear And that I'm here to enjoy the things that I can experience that I choose for myself while I am a a spiritual being in this meat suit playing on this playground of experiences and to be in love with all of the range of emotion that exists, right? Like when I had this, immense sadness that I experienced in the five MEO, I did not judge, I didn't judge it. I wasn't like, Oh, you know, sure. There was like a part of me going into it that wanted to just sort of tap into that oneness source energy, unconditional love. Like that was what I desired. But what I got was experiencing the sadness of, of the universe and also being okay with that being my experience because it's all part of the human experience. It's all, it's all good. All of it. Yeah. We get to experience all of it. Yeah. I really believe that like the human experience, why we choose to incarnate into these meat suits Mm -hmm. is to be able to experience the full range of the human emotion scale right? Not just the joy and the happiness and love, but also to experience the darker ones like fear and sadness. It's to really fully experience and explore all of the emotions. And I think what happens most of the time because of the pressures from society is that we're only allowed to experience certain emotions because again, it makes people feel comfortable. And then the ones that make people feel very uncomfortable are the ones that you keep getting told that it's not right for women to express their anger, not right for women to be so upset. You just have to keep tamping it down, tamping it down. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that was one of the big messages that I got on repeat during this 
New Year's five MEO experience is mm -hmm. number one, we're here to experience it all, which was really <laughs> interesting is there was this expectation of what this trip was going to be, what the Airbnb was going to be like, or what the weather mm. was going to be like. And it all was wrong. It was mm. all like sort of the opposite of what the expectation or the hope was for yeah. it. And I got to keep experiencing that when I had this moment of discomfort, like, oh, the hot tub at our Airbnb is broken. So it yeah. turns out that this idea that we were going to have of this soaking and that's not going to happen. And so instead of leaning into that disappointment, I'm like leaning into the curiosity of like, okay, so now what, what yeah. are we doing instead? Yeah. And we ended up finding this magical natural hot spring place where we watched like a two hour sunset. It led us to other things that were amazing. Yeah. And so that message was on repeat. Like, how do I show up on the daily when things don't occur in the way that I thought that they were going to? Can I be in a space of curiosity? Like, oh, well, that didn't work out. Okay. Right. So now yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. now what? Yeah. <laughs> what's, yeah. What's is, something gonna better gonna, is something better going to show up yeah. <laughs> around the corner? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. And then another big theme for me is understanding how much I've changed, right? When you take mm. the time to look at your past year and you really sort of take in how much has shifted and changed, then you also get to show up understanding that other people may also be on their own growth journey. Yeah. And so every time that you see someone, you get to be like, how are you, who are you now? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And not carry the baggage of, oh, this person is this. This person yeah. is always like that. This person always shows up like this. This is how this person is. And it's really important not to say it out loud, not to create that container. Right. Right. Not anymore. Not in this reality. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. And that it's okay to change. It's okay to evolve. It's what we're doing. It's actually what we're doing. Like you said, the more that we're sort of honing in on the people who are in alignment with what we're doing and what we're about and the energy we're holding, the more that that's true. Yeah, it's so true. It's interesting because you and I recorded that episode last year in the spring and your energy has definitely shifted. You feel more I want to say more grounded. And I don't know if it's because of all the things that you experienced last year. I, I get this very grounded sensibility from you. Grounded energy. Yeah. yeah. I think that comes from having a North Star, right? I know that all of the decisions that I am making from this point forward yeah. are because I'm creating the world that I want to see, that I mm -hmm. want to live in. Mm -hmm. And when you have that for yourself, when you understand that, that decision paralysis, that questioning goes away. Yeah. Wow. So what's on your bucket list for this year? What is your plan in terms of continuing to explore the boundaries of plant medicines and psychedelics? Is there something on your list of plant medicines that you want to try? Well, <clears throat> I'm open to having other things show up when I need them. I know that specifically with my best friend of 30 years, we will continue to do five MEO journeys together. It's a really powerful 
safe container. And so we both know that that's part of what this year will be. We were joking, like it's probably once a quarter. It's probably Q1. <laughs> it's very funny to put it in business terms. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little refresher. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so whether that will actually happen or not, we'll see. But that's sort of where we landed. It feels like it could be a once a quarter thing. Mm. I don't know if you know about my goddess bathhouse nights that I started. No. Oh my oh. God. No. Yeah. So this is really fun. What you were talking about when you look at yourself and your own programming through psychedelic assistance yeah. or not, right? Breath work is another way to access a psychedelic state. So you don't have to, but I'm a fan. You're a fan. Yeah. That's why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> but one of the programs that I had been running my entire life was modesty right? Mm. I was someone who couldn't be naked in front of my ex-husband. Mm. I couldn't be naked in front of lovers, much less like wow. anything else. It was rough. Wow. And, and then I was able to understand what I had been missing because of allowing that program to run. Mm. I had missed out on how freeing it feels, how much you get to release that societal judgments, how it feels to love your, to truly love your form, right? Yeah. Part of that self-love journey is loving your form, your body, because it's your meat suit that you were given to yeah. experience life yeah. and being in judgment of the way that this looks because society for your entire life has shown you one way is the right yeah. way. Yeah. And then you look at nature and you're like, well, wait, I actually don't like a field of the same flower. I love wildflowers. We don't want monoculture. The system tried to, to force feed us monoculture in all yeah. of the ways and clothing and housing. And mm -hmm. turns out that's actually boring as fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> why would we want everything to look the same way? <laughs> it's so true. It's so dumb. There's two programs. The fact that we like all bought into like extreme resource hoarding is the game mm -hmm. we're playing. Like, hey, everyone, let's play Monopoly and let's try to like hoard resources. And then same thing. Why would we all want to look the same, dress the yeah. same? So now talk about like a total 180. I now am hosting Goddess Night at the Bathhouse. Wow. And it's a Russian bathhouse in Denver. And it was built in the 1920s. And it's a naked bathhouse. I joke, it's like a naked book club. Is it co-ed or is it only women? It's just women because the bathhouse has separate nights for men and women. So it's just women. I've got thoughts on how to expand this and grow this into something even bigger. But right now, it's this gathering of women who get to show up and we get to share and commune and connect with each other and we're doing a sauna and hot tub and cold plunge. And so we're caring for and restoring our physical form and mm -hmm. releasing toxins. And at the same time, we're connecting on this really lovely, nurturing, mm -hmm. conscious level. Mm -hmm. And it's just been so healing. I mean, talk about divine feminine energy in right? full effect. Are you having conversations with these women during the bath session or is it more just holding space for each other? So I'll hold a ceremony. Mm -hmm. I'll set the container and I'll hold a ceremony and we'll all sort of get to know each other. And it's so fun. We're all wearing togas. 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no one's naked. I just assumed everybody was essentially just naked. They're just there being we super do vulnerable. Get there. We do get there, but we start off wearing togas in the space outside of the bathhouse. There's a portal that you walk through to enter the bathhouse. And once you enter the bathhouse, there's no clothes. But before that, we all have ceremony in advance of that. And then we enter the bathhouse and we're all naked. And while we're in the bathhouse, it's sort of a moving through what it is that you need for yourself Mm. and then encountering the women who are also there who are in that moment and sharing with them and the connections that are being made it's magical and then we hold a sort of a closing ceremony there is a giant sauna with like a stone roof that can fit all of us at once and so we'll have kind of an ohm together in the sauna at the end of the night. And that's how we close it out. Oh my God. So powerful. There's nothing more intimate or more vulnerable than being naked in front of other people that you don't know. Talk about just being fully exposed. This is who you are. Well, and it's amazing how quickly it becomes normalized. Mm. It's amazing how quickly you feel intense love for Mm. all of the women in the forms that they show up in. My mom comes and she's had about half to three quarters of one of her breasts removed Mm. because of breast cancer. Mm. And so just like having her there and having her just be fully loved. It's all beautiful. And so it's this access to freedom that is so powerful and it totally combats the programming that we've been fed our entire lives Mm. about what the female forms should look like Wow! in all of the different forms. So you're doing this like once a month? How often are you? Yeah. Yeah. Once a month. Wow. And I thought you told me at one point that you were also going to start facilitating 5-MEO journeys as well. I don't know if you're still thinking about doing that or if you are actively doing it. So I was headed down that path. And what I was realizing is that facilitating for people who have already experienced it, and I'm energetically in alignment with them, I'm a full yes to that. But it is a special type of person who can hold the container for someone who is new to psychedelics mm-hmm. and understanding that I'm not called to do that work. Yeah, And it's for a number of reasons, but a lot of it is because I'm recognizing that that's just not where my path is leading me. And yeah. it's very freeing. I love the medicine and I understand how powerful it is. And part of me wanted to do that because I want to understand how powerful it is. Right. But energetically, is it draining for me? Mm-hmm. Am I coming out of that experience feeling lifted up? Because that's the other thing that we really have to be careful about men is that we just have to consciously be yeah. operating from our cup being full. The wounded healer trope is done. That's also stale. It's not about depleting us and then building ourselves back up. It's staying and a consistent cup full. I agree. I actually would love to do like a part three at some point down the road because you're just so curious. I know you probably will be potentially diving into another aspect of plant medicines and I would love to have you back on to have that conversation again. I feel like we're always 
sharing information and teaching each other. And I'm so grateful that we're on this parallel journey doing different things, but also being able to come together and share and bounce ideas off of each other, which I really, really appreciate. Yeah, I feel very I grateful. I so appreciate this conversation. I love being able to have this conversation with you at this level and feel so safe. Mm. And your questions are just so insightful and you're helping oh. me integrate my own experience. So thank you for that. It's really important work. Oh my gosh. Thank you. That's like the highest compliment, especially coming <laughs> from somebody from television, from our background. <laughs> <laughs> So all the contact information for Amy will be in the episode notes if you want to reach out to her and ask her questions about 5-MEO. But I know you and I will talk again. Yeah, it's so good to see you too. And also, if any of your listeners are coming to Denver and want to take part in a bathhouse, we can include the link to that as well. And then I have my own podcast that's just sort of me processing out loud what's happening in my life. I will put all of that information in the episode notes. So every which way that somebody can reach out to you, that information will be in there. Awesome. Uh, So I'll definitely talk to you soon for sure. Okay. And uh, so good to see you. Good to see you you. too. (laughs) Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Your support means a lot to me. So please subscribe, download, and share with friends and family. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode, so let me know what resonates for you. Until next time, take care.